Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with Dr. Fuck and the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley, better known as Wadzilla. So enjoy another awesome, incredible episode of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Bam, 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 diddly D. Hi, everybody. It's me, Dr. Fuck. And with me is... Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, sniffle, sniffle. Hi, Ian. How you doing, buddy? Not as good as you, brother. Oh, uh, I know. I got the sniffles today. Yeah. Yeah. I love the sniffles. I love the sniffles, too. Anyway, uh, wasn't that like a kid's TV show, The Sniffles? Uh, I don't know. By law, I'm not allowed to watch children's television or be next to them. <laughs> you got to stop hanging out with Lee, bro. Oh, yeah. Yeah, bad influence. Anyway, it's, it's the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. And we have a really good review coming up, so you guys got to stay tuned for the Dr. Feelgood review. Oh my God, it's a war zone. <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's like there's bullets flying everywhere. If you love the top 15 worst Motley Crue songs, well, this is a repeat of it. <laughs> how, many, how many songs are on this album, Ian? I believe, what, 11? Wow, we couldn't, we couldn't put top 15 on this one. <laughs> but anyway, it's a good one. Uh, you'll get to you get to hear that Ian likes one of those crappy songs. Yeah, that's true. I mean, a real bad one. So you really gotta stay tuned. Something you never would re- you'd think Ian would like because he's so anti that type of music. Yet he likes that song. Anyway, <sighs> what can I say? When I get the sniffles, I'm just a big softie. <laughs> yeah. The sniffles, get, the sniffles does make you a softie. That's that's the that's the only bad part. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, it's always better to to have the sniffles when it's just you and your boys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I like I like I like having the sniffles with you around. Yeah. I don't like having <laughs> sniffles with girls around because yeah, no, we right. become softies. Yeah, that's so fun. I don't like being a softie around girls. No, but it sucks it's because the sniffles make the girls horny. Yeah, the sniffles make the girls horny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyway, so uh, we got uh, iTunes reviews, right? All right, we got a couple this week. This review is a five-star review from Metal CPA entitled, These Guys Are a Cool Blast from the Past. You know what CPA stands for? Uh, I don't know, but I know he does taxes or some shit. No, CPA stands for This Podcast Rules. Ah. Yeah. Not sure about your spelling there, but I'll, I'll take your word for it. You don't know shit about acronyms. Read on, newsboy. <laughs> he says, and I quote, Just stumbled across this podcast, and I'm furiously catching up on their back catalog. I like this guy already because he stumbled upon the podcast. You know he was drunk. If you were immersed into the, in metal back in the 80s, this podcast is definitely for you. I love their stories that bring back my past as they discuss their memories from the killer... Nothing exceeds like excess bygone era of metal. I was totally thrown off guard when someone on the show mentioned Portable Madness, a record store that's in Pleasanton, California, in the San Francisco Bay Area. Was that That's Ian that did that? No, no, it had to be Wang. Yeah, it must have been Wang. That store was always included in my monthly pilgrimages to several Bay Area record stores in search of those hard-to-find imports and bootlegs. I am the owner, curator, and host of the rock, hard rock slash metal podcast, Morto's Metal Museum, 
and have been rapidly collecting music for almost 40 years. These guys' musical tastes are pretty much in my wheelhouse, and it's so much fun to listen to them while I'm driving in my car, as if I'm actually part of the conversation. Keep those episodes coming. That's awesome. He's been he's been collecting music for almost 40 years, he says? Yes, sir. I love when the young uns tune in. <laughs> yeah, young to you, huh? Yeah. All right, well, Metal CPA, thank you so much for that review, and... That's- uh if you're not on the uh, Facebook page, please join. Yeah, I hope one day you and I can do the sniffles. And by the way, uh, I will be playing Sacramento uh, in August some shit. What day is it, uh, Josh? Of August. I love Josh. He's just as clueless as me. Thrash or die, baby. I just show up. We're just going to be there. Just August. Check, check your calendars. I believe it's the first Saturday in August. The first Saturday. See, Ian knows more than us. That's, That's why he's not in the band. That's right. <laughs> he's too smart for this shit. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Alex Marquez called me up. He's like, hey, bro, you need to figure out the shit for this band. I can't do it all myself, bro. <laughs> yeah. Wicked, 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 wicked. Yeah. Talk about clueless. <laughs> Boy, that guy, that guy always has the syphils. <laughs> Oh, man. You got to watch it, man. He shorted me on my sniffles last time. I got the sniffles from him, though. <laughs> All right. Hey, too bad Josh can't hear it, but I'm going to play it back for him. Hey, um, uh, what was the guy's name again? That was Metal CPA. Metal, uh, this podcast rules. I want to thank you so much. Great, great review, buddy. And I hope you do come to Sacramento. If you do, I promise, I promise you, my bass player right here will give you 50 bucks. And the sniffles. And maybe a hand job. And a ha- maybe a hand job. If if you're if you're long enough. Yeah, if you're big enough. Yeah, if you're big enough. It's it's hard giving a hand job to small dicks, huh? Yeah, it sucks. I've noticed that too. Remember maybe yet, I, when maybe I did I should it? show them I have small hands, I'll make them feel bigger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if you have small hands, it'll make it look bigger. <laughs> but you know you know how I found out uh, it was hard to give hand jobs to small dicks? Okay. When I visited Ian in New Orleans. What's oh, next, Ian? <laughs> <laughs> All right, our next review is another five-star review. Oh, another five-star review, Josh. Nice. Yeah. Yes, entitled Love This Podcast, and this is from Mangetti. Hey, Mangetti, I love you. I want a Mangetti with you, if you know what I mean. I don't care how big you are, I'll give you a hand job. I'm not, I'm not as biased as Josh here. I'll give you some Mangetti. That's right, some Mangetti and the sniffles. Hey, oh. you would love a hand job when I have the sniffles. It's super fast. Oh, Mangetti in it. All right. Uh, His review says, and I quote, Hey, guys, this is Lou Mavs from the Facebook page here. I like Lou. He's cool, dude. He says, so happy you guys review some of my favorite albums. I'm writing this review as I'm listening to the Dream Theater review. I appreciate the objective and honest opinions you produce, regardless of if I agree with them or not. Keep up the great work, and thanks for keeping the best music, in my opinion, alive and well. I love this guy, dude. Man, Getty, I want to hook up with you. You want to hang out? You want to hang out with me? You'll be hanging out with the Mantronic. <laughs> Hell yeah! Great uh, Wasp album. Great Wasp song, man. Mantronic, so stupid rules. Check out that review. Inside Electric Circus, a very popular one by our surprise. 
Yeah, but not mine. I knew it was awesome. No, I'm saying the numbers on it. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, uh, that's it for the iTunes reviews. It was so nice to have two new ones in one week. And, and remember, we're going to have YouTube reviews exclusively on the YouTube channel coming soon. There's so many of them. That's going to be a whole fucking episode by itself. All right. Well, in the news this week, boy, th- this really cracked me up. Peter Chris says Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was right to only induct the original members of KISS. Well... And, uh, how, how do you feel about that, Ralph? I mean, I know your stance on, on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in and of itself. Okay, but, let's, uh, let's just pretend the off, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is legitimate, right? Uh, I would personally put every era of KISS, uh, of course, not the new ones, because that, right. shit, that shit's blasphemy. But even the, the eras I don't like that had members that sold millions. Right. But honestly, I think a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame should really be based on influence. And even though Bruce Kulick is nowhere near as influential as uh, an Ace Fraley or Vinnie Vincent to that matter, to a lesser degree, uh, it still sold a lot of copies and I'm sure it's, it has influence. You know what I'm saying? So I right. think every, every, uh, you know, kind of like what they did with the E Street Band. Nominate the original Kiss, then later on nominate the other lineups. You know what I mean? Well, it, it, it's a tough one uh, for me. I mean, on one side, I, I, I agree that uh, the influence aspect is the most important. So right there, yes, the original four. Uh, but then, you know, you brought up a great point. You know, all the records sold, you know, with Eric Carr's tenure in the band. And, uh, you know, and Vinny had a, had a hell of an impact on Kiss that kept Kiss going, uh, you know, throughout the years. And Bruce as well. So I, I kind of feel like you should include all the other people. Unless it's you're talking about Van Halen. Then it should only be the original four. Of course. You know? Because Sam Hagar should not be in any Hall of Fame unless it's Douchebag Hall of Fame. But uh, I, I think it's very asshole-ish of uh, Peter to say that. But do, it's, basically, but it's basically showing no respect to the other members. But do you really think if there was a Douchebag Hall of Fame and you nominated Sam Hagar, do you think any other nominees would matter afterwards? No. You, no, set, I, you set the bar too high. you got to nominate him last. This is something I don't think we brought up when it happened, unfortunately. Uh, I think forgot about it, but a uh, terrible thing happened to, to Michael Anthony. His grandson was born, uh, I believe, what, what was it, heart disease? Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, so, something wrong with his heart, I believe, and unfortunately passed away. Only lived like a couple of weeks. And there was some kind of, like, like a charity walk in L.A. and, uh, you know, taking donations to, to raise funds for children's hospitals and you know tried to find a cure for all this shit and david lee roth donated 10 grand he was the biggest donator uh to this charity event that's awesome now sammy's gonna try to outdo him oh yeah and and sammy should outdo him as fucking rich as he is you know off the backs of fucking mexicans uh off the fan hagar money shit I'm telling you, dude, one way to rock would not have given him enough money to fucking buy a tequila company. Yeah, but even what he made with Van Halen is nothing compared to what he made off that fucking, you know, that tequila shit. No, but I'm saying he couldn't have made the tequila without the Van Halen money. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's what I meant. But, uh, but, uh, and there was an anonymous donor, 
you know, but that guy only left a thousand. I shouldn't say only, but you know what I mean. Well, it's all I had, dude. <laughs> right. <laughs> You're so modest. Uh, but yeah, man, uh, ten grand, and, and hopefully Eddie doesn't get all fucking pissy about that. The only reason I only donated a thousand because the rest of my money went to donate to the Rock and Pod Expo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I paid a thousand. You paid a thousand dollars to cure. Uh, uh, heart disease and children. You paid two thousand to find a cure for Sammy Hagar. Yeah, well, that that's that's uncurable. <laughs> we need to find a cure for Sammy Hagar fans. Yeah, like like yeah. like testicular cancer, like a fucking bullet in the back of the fucking head. Yeah. Oh god. Oh, that'll cure me. <laughs> or fire. Hey, everybody, please set them on fire. We're very influential. Freaking yeah, crap. we're gonna. <laughs> We're gonna do that in Nashville, and then when the cops show up, we'll be like, "Hey, he had a book," you know, and they'll be like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> he was reading. He was a witch. He's a, as Bill Hicks would say. I see. We got ourselves a reader. <laughs> what's oh, what's you reading for? <laughs> He's a witch. Oh God. But, uh, yeah, that was a very, very classy move on Dave's part. Dave's made it no secret that he wants Michael Anthony back in the band. Uh, but, you know, it's uh, all up to King Edward. And, uh, and and also a big fuck you to Eddie Van Halen for not donating anything. Yeah. You know, a big yeah, fuck you to him. You know, that, that, that would have been a really nice gesture if he would die. After all the fucking, you know, the mud slinging and, you know, and the blaming and all that shit, I mean... You want to cut fucking Sammy out of your life, great, but, you know, god damn it. I, I look at Michael Anthony like Fredo. He's so sweet. How can you hate him? You know, he's just poor Fredo Anthony. <laughs> That's true. You <laughs> don't know how to play bass all that well, and you got to show him, but you know what? It's shaped like a Jack Daniels bottle, and, uh, and he, he can do backups, you know? Come on, be nice to him. Papa! <laughs> <laughs> I'm smart. I'm smart. I'm somebody. I can do things. <laughs> Not like everybody says. I'm smart. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so, yeah, great, great about Dave. Yeah, it's a shame that the other people didn't step up and uh, just want to... Not that I'll hear this, but offer our condolences to, to Michael Anthony. That's very sad. Oh, yeah, you know, man. But to lose your grandchild. I don't know if it was his first grandchild or not, but still, that's a uh, uh, terrible thing to go through. And what just shows you the class of, of Dave. So That's why I tell everybody, if you don't want to go through what poor Michael Anthony goes through, don't have kids. Because they'll end up having other kids that might die. I never thought about it like that. <laughs> well, that's how you guys think about it. Less traffic. Less traffic, people. There you, you get, go. You get places quicker if people just stop having kids. Thank you. All right. Right, Josh? That's right. <laughs> I have my own Ed McMahon here. Uh, uh, Next story. You are correct, now, sir. You are correct, sir. <laughs> now, this, this one is interesting because it's going to come up later in the review. We discussed this, and since we recorded the episode... News has come out about this topic, but there was a story going around that Motley Crue was getting back together, uh, that they were recording an album in secret, and there was going to be another tour. And you'll hear in this review that our one and only Dr. Fuck uh, called it bullshit immediately. Uh, yeah, yeah, me, me, and me, me. Look at me, me, I'm so awesome. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I said I wasn't sure. And uh, Oh, did you? Oh, I yeah. missed that one. I, I could have goofed on you then. Yeah. Well, I could yeah, do I, it now. It's never too late. <laughs> you gullible prick. Yeah, well, no, I, I thought, hey, man, everybody else's shit's bombing so much. And, and I still think there's going to be something. Unless Mick dies. This is my prediction if Motley Crue ever gets back together. It'll be a Motley Cruise. And it'll be like, you know, a one-off show here and there, festival. <laughs> and there, and I predict there may be new music for uh, that movie. So, <laughs> listener beware. New Motley Crue music coming. Oh, God. I, I don't know. I, I think they'll, they'll do it as soon as Mick dies. And they'll put DJ Ashba in a back brace and tell him to just hang it over. And they'll, you know, punch over and they'll put a hat on his head. Ouch. Try to sell it. Ah. Mm. They're all about money, no integrity. No yeah. integrity. Exactly. They're all musicians. Right. <laughs> but uh, but uh, no, that this story was debunked by uh, Nikki Six himself, and uh, and you called it. But now I got to ask you about the latest rumor, right. and I I, I want to hear uh, your take on this. Have you seen the story about Led Zeppelin? Yes, and and here's the thing about this one. I'm I, I'm like you on this one. I'm flip-flopping. All I know is if it does happen, it's in America. It's California, right? In the desert somewhere? Um, well, I saw a couple of different things. I know they, they turned down $14 million to do that, the, the one at Coachella that was all the old people. And I saw somebody put something on, on a line that, that there was rumors of them playing Red Rocks, which is in Colorado. No, but that was a joke. I saw that one. That oh, was that, a, that oh, was yeah, a, it's a September 31st, and there is no September yeah, 31st. Yeah, that was a joke one. But, yeah, the one is some kind of desert festival that they denied last year, and they say they'll do it this year. It's in California. And okay, oh, oh so, they're, so they're doing that same one again. Yeah, that's at Coachella, at the same place where they have the Coachella. Well, you see, the, the, the chances of getting tickets for that are not so slim. Because isn't that like a whole open field type shit? Yeah, I mean, it's huge now, uh, you know, by all accounts. It, well, if it's like Coachella, it's, I mean, you, you can get tickets, but man, it, it's pretty much a festival for the elite, you know. Uh, and it's always celebrity filled and shit like that. But I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, there's a good chance you can get tickets. Oh, I'm going to that, no matter what. I, if it's in America, I'm going. Trust me on this. Mark my words. I'll be like right when the shit goes on sale. Which, by the way, I just got my Paul McCartney ticket. Oh, nice. Uh, nice. 300 bucks. And for then, one? For one. Wow. Well, 270 Yeah, well, I can't say much. I think I paid uh, 240 for Roger Waters. Uh, you know what? I didn't. I paid like... Uh, 80 bucks, but I'm really up there because fuck, man, I, I got my tickets way too late. And I went to go look, and yeah, there was only like yeah. scattered seats all the way on top. But hey, I got a ticket for it. So yeah, I, I got I got mine like right away. I think I got 24th row for that. Well, then I guess I'm going to have to suck it up, Buttercup. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I, hope, I hope they do do that because maybe I would go to that too. I don't know. You should, I, dude. We'll party, bro. We'll get the sniffles. Yeah, oh, okay, I'm in. Yeah, you had me at Sniffles. Let's go get sick. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I would I would love to see it. I mean, I, I saw Paige and Plant twice. I've never seen John Paul Jones. Oh, yeah, me neither. I saw Paige and Plant once, and it was yeah. unbelievable. Walking to Clarksdale, whatever the fuck that was called. Clarksdale oh, yeah. Bar or some shit like that. 
I saw that tour in Tampa. I saw that one. Oh, look at Mr. Fancy here. Yeah, fancy pants. Kiss kicked off their Kiss World tour in Moscow. Oh man, was that painful? Did you see that footage? I I saw I saw very little of it because uh, everybody was ragging on. I was like, well, let me check it out. Let you know, let's see if if people are just being unnecessarily overcritical. Because I have seen people do that with Dave. And granted, as much as I'm a Dave nutswinger, I do. Hey man, there's been off nights and some sometimes he can hit a bum note. I ain't saying he can't. But, uh, you know, I'm like, let me see it for myself and see if people are just being a prick to Paul Stanley. Nope, they were on the money. That shit was terrible. No. That shit made Dr. Feelgood sound good. Ooh. Ooh, man. It's just, man, for somebody of his caliber uh, to, to struggle like that, man. And and what what's even harder is have you seen any of the footage from Gene's solo tour? Yes, I have. Sounds amazing. Great. And he throws out... Man, I saw one oh. show where he did Charisma. Oh, yeah. Did Got Love for Sale? Oh, that's that's the most rare of them of all. Because oh, yeah. Charisma was done unplugged here and there. I even saw it, but yeah, Got Love for Sale was never, ever played on. Oh, that, okay. that I know of. Yeah, I would have loved to love to catch one of these Gene Solo shows. Yeah, he does going blind. He's a lot of good shit. Yeah, the band sounded good. Gene's voice is still uh, incredible. You know, but if then, Gene if Gene wasn't, if, let's say if the shoe was on the other foot, and Gene ran the band, Paul would be out. <laughs> Think about it. You know, Paul fired Peter Chris because he was too old and couldn't cut it anymore. Doesn't that sound familiar? Yeah. <laughs> Ouch. Oh Lord, yeah, uh, yeah. I saw a little bit of. I, I believe it was uh, shouted out loud, maybe. And, I, uh, I saw Love Gun. That was enough. Oh man, yeah, it was rough. The the set list was weak. Yeah, uh, and you know what's crazy about the footage I saw? It's like before they played Love Gun, he was introducing it by singing the song. It's like he's taxing his voice even more before the song even starts. And like, and I was telling everybody when I put it up, I go, listen to this. If you think that beginning is bad, wait till the song kicks in. It was, <laughs> oh my God! It sounded like Josh here trying to sing. Yeah. Right, Josh? That's right. <laughs> you are correct, sir. Hey, I think he's got the voice of an angel, but I just want some of his sniffles. Yeah. All right. <laughs> but uh. But oh, but you know what I'd love to see him try to do now is uh, I want to I want to hear that intro to Heaven's on Fire. <laughs> oh, I dude, if you want to see that, I filmed it when he was here ten years ago. No, has yeah. it been ten years or maybe five? Oh my God, it's so bad that when dude, you watch the footage and there's a guy next to me. You hear you hear the guy go, "Don't do it, Paul." <laughs> It's on my YouTube page, almost a human 56. So, <laughs> uh, what is it? The Hard Rock uh, Review, whatever. <laughs> Don't do it, Paul. <laughs> That's hilarious. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> oh, man, it was so bad. Oh, man, I can only imagine how bad that. It's it's sad. I, I, I wish they'd stop, you know. Yeah. But, uh... but, but what are the sheep got to look forward to? I don't know. I don't know. But one band that sounded good by all accounts, and uh, and I, I believe these because one of the people has been critical of this singer, but by all accounts, 
Stephen Piercy was in fine voice as uh, your overrated rat played the M3 Festival this last weekend. I saw footage and I agree. He sounded good. Not yeah. great, not great, but definitely an improvement from that last one I saw. Right. I, I saw one. Uh, they did a show before the M3 Festival uh, in Philadelphia. And I forget which one I clicked on, uh, but it was kind of a, a rare track. And I was like, oh, I don't know if it's that great, if he sounds that good. But then I was reading the comments. They said he sounded good on every song but the one that I clicked on. Oh, okay. I, and, and I can't remember what it was, but I know I, I thought he sounded good when they played that boat, that first show they did. I thought he sounded better than I've heard him in a long time. Supposedly, he's on the wagon, and that's greatly helped his voice. Well, now that uh, you're on the wagon, go well, look at that footage again. You might be yeah. surprised. <laughs> I, I, I don't even like listening to music sober. It's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. I'm just, every, I, every, you know, I, I feel good. No hangovers. I'm losing weight. Uh, I'm working out. I feel great, but I'm so fucking bored. I miss fucking drugs and alcohol, man. It's so much fun. Makes yeah. everything better. Everything better. Yep. Sobriety sucks. You're right. But, <laughs> but, but coming soon. I hey, I only got 27 pounds until I can drink vodka. So I'm I'm excited for that. Yeah. What what kind of fucking diet are you on? <laughs> uh, basically, I've been doing a, a variation of what what you're doing. Just uh. You know, I'm working out five days a week. I'm doing mostly uh, fish and chicken with vegetables, and, and that's it. Yeah, that, that uh, does make you lose weight quick. Uh, a, a lot of water. I, I was losing, like, really good, and, and I'm kind of, I'm a little stagnant this week. No, 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 but, no, Ian. That happens. You know, Dr. Yeah, Ian, yeah, Dr. even told say, me that. I've heard it happens. Yeah, that, that it, no, it always happens. You, you see yourself losing a lot of weight, then your body refuses to lose a little weight, but you got to give it a few more days. Yeah, and it, yeah, and, I, and I've I've heard that too, so I'm not discouraged. And uh, but no, I do feel good. But man, I'm looking forward to fucking drinking again. I'll tell you that. Yeah. But uh, let's see. I think that could. Yep, that's our last story. So, what do you say we get into another fan requested uh, review here? And this is what I know a lot of people are tuning in for this motherfucker. People who love it and people who want to hear us hate on it. Well, can we, like, give our fans, like, a break and let's pay that guy back and not air this shit? <laughs> yeah, if I wouldn't have spent all his money on sniffles, I, I would have thought about it. All right, here we go, the Dr. Feelgood review. All right, we're going to review now the 1990... 89. 89. Late 89, right? Uh, September. Yeah. September 1st. September 1st. Might as well have been a September 11th. Uh, <laughs> 1989 album, Dr. Feelgood. And Ian, tell everybody who we got with us this week. Oh, we got a special guest. Sonny Pooney joins us today. And through donating to the Rock and Pod Expo, he got to not only pick this album, so so send all hate mail to Sonny Pooney, and, or fan mail. And, uh, yeah, not only picked it, but he's guested on the show with us. So, Sonny, man, we're happy to have you, and thanks for your donation. Oh, happy to do it, happy to be here. Uh, this is going to be an interesting review, because I'm not sure we're going to agree on quite everything, but uh, it should be a fun time, that's for sure. I'm sure we're not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. if you like it, we're not going to fucking agree. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to I give a little plug to, to Pooney for... Uh, he was on Decibel Geek for Radio Sucks 
Uh, check that out. And uh, he picked a lot of great songs. But, uh, like, toward the end, turn it off, because the last two things he picked suck. But, <laughs> but everything else ruled. And I got turned on to some new shit, and uh, I won't give it away, because if I give it away, people might not listen and might go to YouTube and look for those bands, because there were two bands that he really, that were fucking awesome, and a couple other ones that I'm aware of that not a lot of people talk about, and uh, I was very impressed, Sonny. Uh, you have some, some great taste in music, man, till the end. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I uh, you know, it's just uh, some of the stuff I listen to. My guess is I'm probably, my musical taste is a little more Ian than Ralph, but, you know, so be it. Yeah, but I also want to reiterate what I said. It's not that you have great taste in music. You have the same taste in music. Because I've already said this before. Anybody that says, you have great taste in music, you just, have, you, you, they have the same taste you do. It's not like, boy, you love that band I hate. You have great taste in music. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and then to say you, your tastes are more in line with me is a horrible thing to say to me. And we just met. I've heard some of the stuff you like. Man, that's that's mean, Sonny. No, and and, it, and if it's true, and if it's true, it's a horrible thing to say to me, too. Because Ian likes shitty shit. Ian sucks. I do, I do like some shitty shit, man, but Sonny likes some shitty, shitty, shitty shit. Man, come on, man. I like that shit. I like the shitty, shitty, shitty shit. <laughs> Speaking of oh. shitty, shitty, shitty shit, uh, you have any? Uh, tell us how you discovered this album, Sonny. Uh, good old MTV. So I'm. Uh, I have. I was 19 years old when Doctor Feelgood, the video came out, and uh, I'm a huge Shout at the Devil fan. So uh, when Theater came out, I was like, oh god. And then uh, Girls, Girls, Girls came out, and I kind of lost taste for it. And then when Doctor Feelgood came out, I'm like, all right, hey. I, I think I can get into this, and I went and bought CD. All right. How about you, Ian? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I first saw it on MTV, and I was really waiting for this one because I was really let down with Girls, Girls, Girls. I liked uh, Theater of Pain because I'm trying to – well, I'm trying to remember. I think I might have – I might have got Theater before I got Shout. Uh, you know, of course, you know, love Shout a thousand times more, but, you know uh, – my introduction, I, I, I'm pretty sure the first one I bought was theater, and then went back and got Shout. But I'm, I'm almost positive I would have seen the videos from Shout the Devil. But I like that one. But even, you know, when Girls, 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 even at that young age, I knew this was like, ugh. You know, there's like one or two songs, and shit, I don't even like those songs anymore. But when this came out, I was eagerly awaiting this, especially after I heard, you know, the title track. I'm thinking, oh, this, this is going to be amazing. And, uh, well, we all know how that ends up, but, uh, but I mean, it, it was a huge album. There's, there's no doubt it, their biggest album. Yeah. And, uh, wow, blows my mind. <laughs> but I, I was fully on board when this came out, man. I was all about Motley Crue. Well, I, I first discovered it on the radio. Uh, the radio played the song Dr. Feel Good before the video came out. And uh, I was very, I liked it a lot. I, but, you know, I liked Wild Side, too, a lot off of uh, Girls, Girls, Girls. I liked Something for Nothing, which was funny how that made your top 15. <laughs> uh, oh, the worst God. Motley Crue song. I'm like, I like that one. And I also liked The Ballad, You're All I Needed. The three songs I liked on that album. And Dancing on Glass, I liked till the end. But, um, 
this one, when I heard Dr. Feelgood, I was like, ooh, this is this sounds really good. I mean, I was very, uh, the first thing that grabbed me was the production, you know, and I, I know Bob Rock gets a lot of shit, but I thought the drum sounded so wicked on it, and, and I was like, man, this is heavy, you know, this is, this is good, I like this. So I'll uh, never forget when I bought this album, I also bought the same day, I guess it was released, if you want to look it up, uh, I think it was released on the same day was the new L.A. Guns, which was cocked and loaded at the time. And I'm a huge fan of the first L.A. Guns. And uh, I brought them both home, and I was equally disappointed in both of them. Wow. Well, I well, love I love that L.A. Guns album. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think I heard Rip and Tear. May, I may have not, and I like that song, too. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, Rip and Tear and Dr. Feelgood, these two albums are going to rule. And, no, nah, man, dude, that... Rip and Tear is the only song I like off of, uh, of uh, that album. That's the only song that I, I can stomach. Yeah, but, the, the LA, L.A. Guns came out uh, August 22nd, so like a, a week before. All right, so yeah, I guess I wasn't in the record store the week before. So I went to the record store and they were both there. So I, re I do recall that because I remember coming home being doubly disappointed uh, listening to both those CDs back to back. Uh, I think I put on Motley Crue first, and I was like, all right, LA Guns, you know, come on, get me out of this this depression I'm in now. And then that was like, oh, you fucker, I want to be your man. I like that one. <laughs> yeah, I love that album. <laughs> I do, too. Yeah. You got, damn it, we do have the uh, same taste. Hey, a, a little bit, a little bit. You guys want to sing I Want to Be Your Man each other? <laughs> well, well we'll we'll see where we're at by the end of this review uh, <laughs> it, yeah. it, it, it might make for a good hate fuck you never know <laughs> yeah exactly all right but, so uh, uh do we want to start this or we have anything else to talk about um no i mean we, we get into it with the songs and since you're our guest sonny why don't you take the first uh the the intro here TNT. Yes, I, I don't know what Motley Crue has with these musical interludes that they do. This one's okay. It's it's not in the beginning. I don't think anything will ever touch in the beginning on Shout. So it's okay. I was I was glad it was short. Ralph, what do you think? I I actually did like it. I mean that when I put the CD on, when it started with this, I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be good." I mean, it's not a song, so I can't really judge it. But yeah, uh, but I will agree, it's no in the beginning. Yeah, of course, because in the beginning is fucking awesome. Uh, this one is not, you know, it's <clears throat> it's just an intro, and I think it was a cool little intro. I mean, retrospect now, as album a whole, I don't like it as much, but I, I'll never forget the first time I heard it. I was like. Oh, this is gonna be good. I have a feeling this is this is their Sergeant Pepper. But then when the album was over, I was like, well, "What the fuck was I thinking? This is Motley Crue." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sergeant Pepper and Motley Crue don't go together. But but um, <clears throat> it's okay. I mean, it, it's not a song, but as far as an intro to a song, it's uh, better than uh, what was the intro to Saints of Los Angeles? That shit was terrible. Whatever that was. Oh, okay. That had an intro, and even like, <laughs> and even how much I love the Elder, you know, fanfare is terrible. So, so judging by intros, it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, uh, 
it's no first band on the moon, but uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, what I don't get with this is it's totally unnecessary, I think, to be uh, like a separate track. You know, you know, sometimes you get something like in the beginning. I mean, that kind of is something. It has its own like ah, uh, you know, with a lot of these albums, if I put them on my phone to listen to. Shit like that, I'll delete, you know, because I'm always listening to shit on random and stuff. So it's like, oh, I'm not even going to waste my time. But in the beginning would be one I would leave on because it's just so fucking cool. This, it isn't great and it isn't bad, but it's not unique enough to really deserve its own, like, track number, you know, and its own name. I mean, it, it should just be part of Dr. Feelgood, if you ask me. No, I, I agree with you 100%. Because there are a lot of songs that have intros that when you listen to it on the radio, they always knock out the intro and just put the song. So they, yeah, right. it, it should have been. I mean, but also at the same time, it's like, maybe they shouldn't even have an intro at all. You know what I mean? But whatever, I mean, I guess it just bleeds too much into the song for it to be one song. Cause it, it is what, oh, a, min, a minute and change? Nah, it's only 42 seconds. Oh, okay, yeah. I, by the way, I didn't even listen, I didn't even bother to listen to this out for the review. Well, I was about to put it on, and then I just looked at the track list. And I'm like, dude, I remember all this crap. I ain't gonna, I'm not gonna suffer through this shit again. Yeah, he's he's still in therapy from the first yeah. time he listened to it. <laughs> me, me, this album made me feel bad. All right, Ralph. Well, show me where, show me on the dial where he touched you. Yeah. And uh, tell me what you think about Doctor Feelgood. I still like this song, believe it or not. Even after all these years. Um, I still think it's great. I love that 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 uh, the riff. I, I even love that 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 stupid chorus. Doctor Figgins. I still like it. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, this one I still hear from time to time, pop up on the radio, and uh, I really don't have a problem with Doctor Feelgood and uh, best song on the album. I think that's what I think of Doctor Feelgood. I like I like the video too with all the fire and shit. Pretty cool. Yeah. Nikki swinging his bass around. That's you know when when Nikki's on top of the car swinging that bass like like around like that is the best use of bass I've ever seen him do. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think, Sonny? I love this song. It's one of my favorites um, on this CD. Uh, you know the production's big, the tone and the speed of the song's perfect. It kind of felt darker. Vince is telling a story. They were all black in the video. I was like, yeah, Motley is back. This is what I want my Motley to be after Girls, Girls, Girls. So um, just the music has this attitude, like the album's going to blow you away. So I, I love this track. <laughs> you think it's going to blow, and then it sucks. <laughs> it does blow. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I got to agree with you guys here. I think it's one of the best ever uh Motley Crue songs. Uh, I mean, this this one could be on Shout at the Devil. Uh, mix on Fire on this one. And Vince sounds really good. I think they utilize what he can offer as a vocalist best on this song. Uh, I mean, I just listened today. I was like, man, and I'm real. I'm hard on the production on this and Bob Rock in general. But, you know, you, you gotta give the drum sound he gets. I'll, I'll give Bob Rock that all day. He does get an incredible drum sound. I just think everything else is too fucking shiny and too perfect where where it should have more grit. 
But man, whatever whatever he did to Vince's vocals on this was was amazing. Sounds great, and and yeah, what a what a hell of a way to you know. I mean, the intro kicks it off, but to be the first real song and the first single off the album, uh, yeah, it, this one had everybody fooled <laughs> that this was going to be an awesome awesome metal album, but uh, it didn't quite end up that way. Why don't you go into the next song, Sonny, and then slice of your pie. From the first drum of the guitar, I'm like, oh no, please not again. Like that weird sleaze blues that Motley Crue does, I'm not a big fan of. So, And the lyrics are stupid. And I remember listening to the song, and I, I don't know why I went through the pain of listening to it all the way through. And then, like, at 2 minutes and 50 seconds, I'm just, stop. I'm like, stop. It's at least listenable right now. Like, don't make a bad song just really, really bad. Like, the melody in the verse is a cool idea, but that's the only thing I like about the song. This song's terrible. <laughs> All right, Ralph, what do you think? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> this, this is when uh, my smiles went to my... My, my uh, frown did not turn upside down. <laughs> Uh, when this song came on, I'm like, okay, all right, it's Motley Crue being sleazy, I see, okay, and then I'm like, you know what, I'm not feeling it, and then right when I was kind of like, yeah, this song ain't good, it goes right into like, hey, look, we're trying to be the Beatles, but she's so heavy, and I was like, oh my God, they're ripping off the Beatles, she's so heavy on this, you're, you're using that awesome part of she's so heavy on this terrible song. And not doing it as good as the Beatles. I hate the song. I hate it. It's stinky sweet. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, overproduced blues rock ripping off the Beatles and Cinderella at the same time. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, definitely doing kind of, you know, their bluesy shit. You know, around the same time, you know, Cinderella did that with Long Cold Winter. And... Miley Cruz kind of fucked with it before, you know, did a little bit on theater and a little bit on Girls, Girls, Girls. But, you know, it really got kind of got popular around that time when Cinderella did it. You saw a lot of the bands going into the, the blues rock. And some of them, I think, did it right. And some of them did it wrong. Uh, but this one, it's just so, so plastic, overproduced. And, and then, like you said, go, you know, it's such a blatant ripoff of... Uh, of uh, heavy, you know, I'm just like, oh, come on. But I gotta admit, listening to it today, I didn't hate it as much as I thought it did. You know, I was like, well, you know, compared to how bad the other songs get, this one isn't that bad. But still, uh, you know, I would never, if I'm making a Motley tape, I would never put this on there. But it didn't annoy me as much as I thought it would today. That's about the nicest thing I can say about it. Was played live. I saw this tour, by the way, the, the Feel Good tour. It was a good tour, though. It was a good show. Uh, and they, I remember them playing this one live, too. I was like, oh, really? You're going to play this crap? I thought it was a filler, even for track two. I thought this was... I wasn't expecting it to be played live. But, um, you know, and, and one thing that bothers me about Motley Crue after Shadow of the Devil is Mick Mars' guitar solos. There's always that with the slide and the... And the blues, and you know, I mean, for the most part, Motley Crue never really were a bluesy band. It was, it was what Mick Mars would bring to the table, would turn this like song into a blues, blue, you know, a bluesy song. Because I only think it works on a uh, primal scream, to tell you the truth. 
I mean, I'd have to think about it. Maybe there's a couple other songs with that bluesy, you know, solo that he keeps doing. But to me, man, give me like, you know, Too Young to Fall in Love, Knock Em Dead Kid type of shreddy solo. Or even like Dr. Feelgood doesn't have that blues shit, you know, and, and Wild Side. You know, now and then he would stop with the blues solos. But for the most part, right where City Boy Blues started, man, it was like nothing but fucking slide solos and, it's just like, this ain't the Mick Mars I fell in love with, you know? Anyway, yeah, so it's all over this song, but... Alright, what was the what was the song after this? I don't even remember. What song was after this? <laughs> Take Rattlesnake Shake. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> the fucking horrible... And you can tell it's not even real horns. And, and, and I know I've said it before many times. It's very rare I like any song that, that has instruments you blow into. Very, very rare. It happens. It happens. There's sometimes it, it, it enhances songs. But this one, of course, doesn't. Especially when it's fake horns. I don't think I've ever liked any song with fake horns. <laughs> this is terrible. My snake's gonna spit. Is that, is that in the lyrics somewhere? <laughs> My snake's gonna spit. Bit. Shake, shake, shake. Do, 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 do. Uh, make my belly ache. <laughs> what the fuck is this song, man? This song is fucking terrible. Horrible. And again, they played this shit live, too. I mean, no. And I'm like, wait a second. Did I like that show? <laughs> I remember liking that show, but. Yeah, this was played too. This was actually played on the Feel Good Tour. I don't know, because the thing is, I caught the Feel Good Tour. If you can look up tour dates, I don't know if you can. It was, I know it was really early in the in the tour because they had a Raging Slab. Remember that band? Yeah. They, had, they were opening that show, which you want to talk about people being pissed. You can't find a more opposite band to open for Molly Crew and Radiant Slam because they were kind of like a, a terrible southern rock, just a terrible band, period. And it really didn't appeal. I mean, they all went up there and they all had beards and long hair and wearing overalls. It was like complete opposite. So <clears throat> I know that was, they didn't last too long on the tour. I don't think. I know those guys were probably on the first leg of the tour. I did, did catch... You see... Go ahead. I was going to say, uh, well, they started the, the first leg... They played one show at the Whiskey and then went to uh, to uh, Europe. And then the second leg started in November. Did you see them at the Miami Arena? Yes. Yeah, that was January 21st, 1990. But yeah, that was the first leg of the U.S. tour. Yeah, see, I knew it. I knew it was early in the tour because... Uh, but yeah, I'm telling you, if you look up the set list, Rattlesnake Shake and Piece of Your Pie, and then all the videos, I don't think... Go away, Mad was played that night, though. Oh, or without oh, well, you. Hold on, they, they they got a set list here. They didn't play okay. without you. I remember without you. If, if you see it on the set list, I remember without you was played on the speakers when the show was over. Let me okay. predict it. Let me predict it right now, Ian. Let's see how good my memory is. They played same old situation. Uh, Kickstart started the show. I remember that. Uh, Sticky sweet rattlesnake shake. And I think that's it. Am I right? Oh, God. What, what a shitty set list. All right. This is what it says. So, uh, the standard set list was Kickstart My Heart, Red Hot, 
Rattlesnake Shake, Too Young to Fall in Love, Shout at the Devil, Live Wire, Same Old Situation, Slicier Pie, Mick Mars Solo, Tommy Lee Solo, Looks That Kill, Smoking in the Boys Room, Wild Side, Girls, 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 Home Sweet Home, Dr. Feel Good, and Jailhouse Rock. Wow, I can't believe I like that show. <laughs> and then it said, uh, it said at concerts outside the USA, don't go away mad and time for a change were added. Oh, God. And, and alternated nightly. And it says at some concerts, she goes down was performed. In, in, in Albuquerque, New Mexico, both don't go away mad and time for a change were, perf- were performed as part of the encore. Well, now I feel bad for them that she didn't go down at every leg of the tour. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, spoiler. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, man. Well, Anything else you want to add about Rattlesnake Shake, Ralph? Yeah, did I mention how much it sucked? <laughs> yeah, I don't think you conveyed that enough. Yeah, I guess I'm done, yeah. Sonny, the way you're snickering while he was talking about this, you either hate this song or you love this son of a bitch. Which one is it? Well, it's hate. But oh, uh, good. <laughs> now, you got to remember, right, there's no internet. You can't do any research when you first see the songs on the album. So I thought they were going to do the Skid Row cover because Skid Row came out earlier that year. So I'm like, <laughs> how's he going to do Sebastian Bach's voice? Like, why would they pick that song to do a cover? Skid Row's that big? And then... When I heard the songs, I I said the same thing as Ralph. I'm like, was that trumpets or was that keyboards? Did he say shake, shake, shake? I'm like, oh my god, this is so bad. Yeah, it is. It is. It's actually keyboards with trumpet sound. You can kind of tell. It's that piped in. <laughs> beep, 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 beep. <laughs> and then the Jerry Lee Lewis thing at the end, like there was somebody playing Jerry Lee Lewis piano at the end. Like I, I just yeah, yeah. Hockey oh, talk. Honky Tonk Piano by John Webster. <laughs> oh, there you go. Oh, oh man. Yeah, I'll I, I tell you what. I, I would like to do a cover of this, but I, I want to do it with, like, a bicycle horn. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would sound better. More ri- or like an auga. <laughs> by the way, after this was released, John Webster changed his name to John Doe. Yeah. <laughs> he never worked again. Oh, my God. Yeah, this is so bad. Like I said, uh, in the 15 words of Motley Crue songs, uh, I had this on my list. And every time I hear that shake, I just think of Shake Your Love by Debbie Gibson. It, it's fucking horrible. And it, it just, it's so bad. You know, it, it's that bad Aerosmith horn shit from the late 80s. And, uh, you know, Aerosmith always had a little bit of horns in their shit, even in the 70s. But it wasn't as obnoxious. And and, and and I oh, think come on, out, man, it wasn't out, obnoxious at all. In the seventies, it worked like Big Ten Inch and uh, well, song and dance. Well, yeah, but what I was about ready to say is it wasn't as out front. You know what I mean? I mean, it's in the mix, but it wasn't overbearing. Right. Uh, you know, like in this song, and you know, and stuff from you know, Pump and uh, and Permanent Vacation and Get a Grip. It's 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 just so in the mix and out front. It's like. Jesus Christ, is this a Chicago song or a fucking Aerosmith song? Yeah. And, and uh, I'd rather hear Chicago than, than, than that fucking era of Aerosmith. But, 
yeah, this is just like really, really bad. And all of them signed their name to this fucking turd. This even has writing credits from Vince Neil. Wow. And uh, that that that's very rare, but it, oh man, I, I'm surprised Nikki even signed his name to this one. Holy shit, this they're, is really. They're probably like, this is so bad. You're even going down with us, Vince. This is really bad, and and they don't even have an excuse of uh, being drunk because they did this sober. This was their first sober record, and I think uh, they even admit it only lasted to the tour. But they were all straight and level-headed when they recorded this shit. And they were recorded at the same time as Aerosmith recorded Pump. As a matter of fact, Steven Tyler does some background vocals on the, on this album. And I think Pump was released like uh, the following month or maybe just a couple weeks later. According, but, according uh, to the Sebastian Bach book, uh, Tommy Lee was drinking in Russia. With him. Oh, right. But that was... That was uh, after that the was album, yeah, after or, the album was yeah. done. But it wasn't even the tour yet, so who knows? Maybe okay, Tommy was it. drinking, like, because he drank with Sebastian hiding from the rest of the band. Um, I also, uh, not to give it away, if you want to know how I made money off Rattlesnake Shake, sh- check out our 15 Worst Motley Crew episode, which is a fan favorite. If you haven't heard that one yet, you should, and because uh, we did it with a mega Motley Crew fan. And he even yeah. loved it. He even loved how we passed the song he loved. But uh, I talk about, because Rattlesnake Shake, I think it made your list, Ian, right? Somebody, yes. I know it didn't make that guy's list. And I no. don't, because I, believe me, as much as I despise this song, I found 15 worse. But, uh, <laughs> but, but I do, t- I did listen to it, because Ian told me to listen to it, and I did listen to it this week. And I talk about, which I forgot about, I made money off Rattlesnake Shake and uh, listen to that episode and find out how I made that money. And no, it wasn't from a bet. You know, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't bet somebody that the song sucked and then I took it to science and got my money. <laughs> it didn't work that way. <laughs> I made money another way on, on that song, so check it out. Check out that episode. Uh, and another thing I want to add, you were talking about how you said you enjoyed this, this tour. But we just went through the set list and saw how shitty it was. But one thing I think you can say about Motley Crue is they do put on a great show. Yeah. I mean, and especially like, you know, we both saw, I don't know, if, did you see the end tour, Sonny? Yeah, I did. I've seen Motley Crue. It was my first show I ever saw. It was in uh, 85 with Loudness. And then um, wow. I've seen Motley Crue probably 10 times. That's awesome. And let me tell you, man, Theater of Pain. That was an awesome show. I mean, an amazing show. And I caught, check, look up the tour dates on this, Ian. I'm pretty sure I saw the very last show of that tour. But uh, un- let me un- see. unfortunately, we got autographed. I would have loved to see Loudness with Molly Crew. Especially oh, that. Loudness was awesome. No, loudness that's, that's awesome. Thunder in the East time. That's my oh, favorite. Oh, yeah, it is. That's yep. my favorite Loudness album, so I would have loved to see that. Yeah, they, they don't have a list for... Uh... For the theater of pain tour I'm, but i'm pretty sure i saw the last show of that tour but what i was getting at with motley is uh you know especially on the end tour i mean not a great set list it's all the radio shit you know if you're hoping for a deep cut you're shit out of luck but visually you know it, it, it's it's like a, a kiss show with bad music you know because 
I mean, they've always got, like, you know, Tommy always got his shit, you know, with drums doing fucking something. That's, it's something to look at. And there's always fire. A lot of times they got chicks. It's an entertaining show, but if you, you know, you just look at that set list, you're like, ugh, how could you enjoy it? But that, I mean, as much as I bash them, you know, if Molly comes to town, I'll go, because it's going to be a party, and you're going to see plenty of drunk whores there. Oh my God, is there going to be drunk whores at a Motley Crue show? But uh, but as far as music, man, like if I was blind, I'd never go to a Motley Crue show. I'd be like, this sucks. Oh my God, this is terrible. Yeah, and I, I gotta say, that drum solo, where he was flying over people, was way more interesting than the end one. Because the end one, he was doing all techno music and all that crap. Where yeah. this one, he was playing actual samples of California Man from Cheap Trick and uh, Led Zeppelin and shit like that. I think it was the Rover he was playing to. And it was fucking some. No, it wasn't the Rover. It was Custard Pie, actually. Which is awesome. Wow. It was a deep track. So that was a really good drum solo. And I, I, I had side seats, and I was kind of high. I wasn't that close to the stage. And shit, Tommy Lee was like right next to me playing a drum solo. And that was pretty wicked, man. That was a wicked drum solo. Though, I will say, if anybody says, what is the best Tommy Lee solo, everybody will say, oh, well, the girls, 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 because he went around in circles. No, I thought the best time I saw him do a drum solo was uh, the fucking um, Theater of Pain. When the, when the whole platform went, like, all the way up. I thought that... And that was a straight-ass drum solo. No samples, no bullshit. Just showing his skill. And I know, Ian, you don't like him. I feel that Tommy Lee is the best, the most talented musician. Yes, over Mick Mars. I'm talking about in the heyday. The guy pounded the fuck out of those drums. He was an amazing fucking drummer. And uh, I love, you know, Shout of the Devil, I saw that tour too, open for Ozzy. He did a drum solo that night. When Tommy Lee does a drum solo with no fucking bells and whistles, no samples, no nothing, just showing off his skill, it was impressive. And the Theater of Pain tour, that was a badass drum solo. All right, that's all I want to say. Right on. All right, well, uh, now we go to the second single, and man, you hear this one. Probably more than any other song on this album. On, on radio, I mean, it's been in commercials. The video was all over the place. But what do you think of Kickstart My Heart, Sonny? Uh, in the world of Motley Crue songs, for me it goes, my top three all Motley Crue songs are Hammered, off the 94 album, good, good, Red good. Hot, yeah. Red Hot, and then this one. Yep. Um, this is, wow. I love I love Kickstart My Heart. I, everything Mick does on this song from start to finish, including how it ends, the riff, even the breakdown in the middle works. I love every the gang vocals. And like just like you guys were talking about the 90 tour when I saw them um, in, at the Oakland Coliseum, they opened with Kickstart My Heart and went uh, straight. No, wait, they, they did it backwards. They opened with Red Hot and went straight to Kickstart My Heart. They did it backwards on that show. And it was two of my favorite songs. I'm like, oh, yeah. And then, the, yeah, the set list got bad after that. But uh, <laughs> I think it's the best song on the album. Awesome. Uh, I like it, too. Um, and something, uh, this song, actually, was the second single because of the, the fans. Uh, Motley Crue did a thing where they asked the fans what should be the second single off of it. And this is pre-internet, so I don't know how they pulled it off. But I do remember back then. 
Uh, I think it was on MTV or something. They had some thing where, you know, pick the next single off of Dr. Feelgood. And the fans wanted Kickstart My Heart. So that's why it was the second single. And yeah, I always liked this song. Uh, I would definitely not put it in my top three at all. And not even probably in my top ten. The problem I have with this song now is that it didn't, it, it's still a good song. I still like it. But if I never hear it again, I'm fine because I've just heard it too much. Like Ian said, this is a song that's been played. Like I hear this way more than Dr. Feelgood. It's always on the radio. And, uh, but it is a good song. I got to get, I mean, for this album, it's fucking awesome. And, you know, fuck it. Fuck it. Spoiler alert. Fuck it. I'm done with this album at this point. That's it. The rest sucks. <laughs> oh, man. I just, I don't know what, this song never did it for me. But, I mean, a lot a lot of the album didn't do it for me. But I think probably maybe my hatred for it is, is it was just a song that I thought was eh, but I heard it so many times, it, like, really pissed me off. You know, I, I remember... I, now that you mentioned, I do remember when they did that on MTV. Uh, what should be our next single? I picked "Time for a Change" because I wanted to kill the band. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like let's end this shit already. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's not horrible. It didn't make my 15 worst. I don't believe. I don't think so. But uh, but man, it's not my favorite, and 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 it's it, it's like the paranoid of Motley Crue. You know, you're always going to hear this one. And, uh, oh, man, I mean, I'm glad it does something for you, Sonny, because it does absolutely nothing for me. And, uh, God, and you know what else reminds me of this is fucking, uh, what's the fucking Megadeth song where he's talking about, like, dying and shit? It was one of the ones off a of Countdown, you know, and this, I don't... This was my life? Or, I don't know. I There's don't something know. like... It's another shitty song from Megadeth, but it's one of those where talk about yeah, I used to get fucked up, but now I'm high on life and like I give a oh, shit, man. You know, that's the, the skin of my teeth, right? No. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's it. Yeah, yeah I don't know, but uh, yeah, I, I don't want to hear a song like this. I want to hear about you doing drugs, not fucking living right. Uh, it does nothing for me, but I'll take the next one, the ballad without you. And I just put this up the other day on the Facebook page. I always do, is it a cock rock classic or is it crap? And man, even all the fucking Motley Crue nut swingers we got on the Facebook page, they were bashing the fuck out of this song. Hello. I love this song. <laughs> I I think it's I think it's the second best Motley Crue ballad. <clears throat> but then again, I, I really only like two of them anyway. You know, of course Home Sweet Home's the best. But uh, I always like this song. <coughs> I don't know, and it's weird. I'm not the ballad guy, you know. Ralph, you like just about every ballad ever fucking made. Yeah. And, and you hate it. I like, I, I hate most Motley Crue ballads, but I love On With The Show. And I even love uh, You're All That I Need. I love that yeah. song. And I love the ballads off of uh, uh, that shitty album. Uh, what's, the, what's the name of that one? With, uh, uh, Generation. Oh, that's right. You like fucking glitter. Oh, I love things. glitter too. And, and yeah, look, you had made Sunny sick. God, he, that's bad. Oh, and I he love that song. Hard. Oh man. Oh no, no, no! I even said in the Motley Crue thing, it's like I understand, dude, that 
that this song sucks for some reason. I can see the, the suckitude of it, but for some reason I listen to that song and I question my sexuality. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I, I really like this one. I, I remember, shit, I was a freshman when this came out. You know, and I was dating this girl. I think I dated her for all of a week and a half. But by the second day of dating, this was our song. <laughs> you know, but it's, it's it's so funny, too. You know, in retrospect, you know, you think about, you know, oh, Tommy dedicating this to fucking Heather. And, and apparently she feels like you because she left his ass after this shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, but I always liked it. What do you think, Sonny? I think it's listenable. I think Mick Solo's pretty good on it, but all in all, leave the ballads to the Joe Elliott's, the Bon Jovi's, the Janie Lane's, may he rest in peace. Leave it to those guys. The video's hella stupid. I cannot believe it's got five million plus views. I I, I can't believe I watched it again. That was painful. People can't believe how shitty again it is. Like, what did I just see? Did I just see this shit? Let me watch it again. Couldn't be that bad. Yeah, it was a bad video. Yeah, it's not the worst song on the album, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm not a big fan of. I even don't like Home Sweet Home. I'm just not a big fan of Motley Crue ballads see all that, the way around. See that one, I love too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All I can say is uh, this is a terrible song, and and uh, you ha- really have no no uh, you have no right to say anything about bad about glitter to me, buddy. We both like terrible ballads. Except that Uh-oh. we suck, and some some of our musical taste is really shitty. And, and this one, and this one, me and you are—I don't know, man. If you tell me, look, even if I didn't like glitter, I can't say that this shit's worth the glitter. This shit's just terrible. The the changes, the I would climb the mountain. It's like really, dude. What is this shit? And it's and you know, it, it's it's definitely and listening to it, it's like you know. They went into the studio going, all right, we got to do the power ballad because we are the inventors of the power ballad, which technically they're not, but they're the ones that, with Home Free Home, made the power ballad very popular. Since we are the inventors, we're going to do a power ballad and we're going to do a couple twisted turns. We're not going to do a Home Free Home. We're going to throw in, I will climb a mountain. Because we're in, you know, Nikki Six, we're musicians. And because uh, Nikki Six, I mean, if you if you know your history of Nikki Six in interviews and 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 just the way he is, even on um, oh, what's that um album? Um, Quartinary, wasn't it called? The one oh that, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that while they were fucking around the studio. Hey, come on, stop. We're musicians. He actually says that on there. He's very cocky. Nikki Six, I don't think anybody in any band has more thin skin. Than Nikki Six because that guy goes ape shit if you question Motley Crue's like you know musical talent and uh, and I mean him of all people and this song is just so fucking bad it's like I don't know and again I hate slide guitar I just hate it it, it, it it's okay if the whole fucking shtick is that but you're Motley Crue dude you're, you know fucking uh, you know, a bastard, you know, uh, that's Mick Mars, and I hate, dude, this song starts with a goddamn slide guitar, and it just gets worse <laughs> after that, and I don't know, dude, you know, you know how much I hate this song, that I'm willing to say the video's better, that's how much I hate 
maybe, uh, maybe that's why Nicky hates the 94 album, because that quarter whatever album it was, his song was the worst on that, too. Oh, yeah, that's, uh, what was the name of that? That's so forgettable, whatever that was. Oh, I, 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 don't, I don't know. You think it's worse than fucking Tommy's song? Oh, yeah, yeah, it was Father. I think it was Father that was his. Yeah. Very forgettable. Yeah, Tommy's was Planet Boom, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was a, that, that was a, uh, something to foresee. You know, that was pretty much, uh, you know, a demo for Memphis the Mayhem, that song. Uh, the only oh, yeah. song I liked on there was the one that the whole band was on. Uh, Baby Kills, I think it's called. Baby yeah. Kills, yeah. Yeah. With Billy Preston on key. I, th- I like that song. And, you know, yeah, the, sh- the, the Karabi was okay, but it was really him trying to, hey, look, I want to be queen, you know? Yeah. But it wasn't bad, I mean, compared to the rest of the shit. And, yeah, the, the bittersweet, that, that was like, a little guitar doozy bullshit. I don't know, you know, I mean, I know a lot of people love Mick Mars and this and that, and, but I, I do too, but before he turned into, like, you know, Howlin' Wolf or whoever fucking plays slide guitar. And, you know, when I saw the Dr. Feelgood tour, part of his guitar solo was that guitar, that thing he had on the uh, Without You video, where, he, yeah. you know, it's on a stand and he's going up and down. Oh, it's just terrible. It's like, I hate that. What, what, whoever used anything like that before, I don't know. Jeff Healy on his lap or something, you know? It just was, how, I hate it. How, how'd that solo go? Wee, 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 wee. <laughs> Dude, I did not say that. I just played a sample of the fucking show. <laughs> oh, yeah. good lord. Fuck. All right, well, does it get any better? Sonny, what do you think well, about it? sure doesn't it get any same- worse. What do you think of the same old situation? We're flipping this bastard over. I think this one's okay. You know, it's a party song. <laughs> it goes over well live, right? Uh, you know, I don't want to hear Vince singing most of the time live anyway, so the crowd sing. I mean, it's. I think it goes over great. I didn't know it was about lesbians. I had no idea until the other day. I had no clue. Wow, that, it took that, that long? So the other day you found out it was about lesbians? Yeah, I, I had no idea. Oh. I don't know how I missed that information. Yeah, cause um, I, th- I think the lyrics aren't, I mean, I can't remember, but I think the lyrics are pretty blatant. It's about two chicks getting it on, right? I don't know. I got to listen to it again. Um, I think the music's cool. It fits the late 80s. I mean, it's a it's a good party song. I think I heard it at every party I went to, um, but it goes over great live. It's okay. That's why I, I hate love- it. That's why I hated the late 80s. I, it's easy to see why you didn't understand it was about lesbians, because you love it so much. Obviously, you're mistaking it for another song. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Ooh. you're thinking of SOS by Aerosmith. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe you're thinking oh. of Brandon by Motley Crue. <laughs> oh, God. oh man, same old situation. An- another one, man. Uh a uh, good buddy of mine, man, he loved this one, and it just never did it for me. And my other best friend, he had the misfortune of seeing this uh, tour at Alpine Valley, Wisconsin, where they filmed the video, and he told me they did the song three fucking times. Holy fuck. To, to get, like, different angles and everything and, you know, all that kind of shit. Yeah, three times during that show you heard this song. Oh, my God. I, I would have... That would have been my longest stay in the beer line. I just would have let the guy keep pouring. 
Oh so, man, uh, yeah, this one this one does does nothing for me. But uh, you know, Sonny's got a point though, because when I, every time I've seen them, they play this live. Yep. And 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 the crowd does go ape shit. The girls are all fucking dancing and licking each other. And Sonny's like, "Hey, what's going on? What's this about lesbians? I had no idea." <laughs> <laughs> and this this is when Vince plays guitar, right? Because he ne- look always looks awkward playing guitar. Is this well, when he well, plays guitar? This this is when Vince wears a guitar. Yeah, like, exactly. Uh, it's not actually plugged in. Yeah, yeah. It's like Nikki's bass. It's <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's not plugged in. <laughs> Vince, oh Vince should have Vince should have played the bass. I think. <laughs> been, he could play bass. You know that. Well, if you want if you want to judge. Bass players by Nikki Six, then yeah, Vince could play bass. I'm fucking <laughs> Billy Sheen here next to fucking Nikki Six. I don't even know how to play a bass either. Yeah, I, I think I think Vince should go on a beer run with Nikki Six bass teacher. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. Sonny didn't get that one. Like he didn't get the same old situation. But when he listens <laughs> back to this episode, he'll see what he meant by that. Oh. <laughs> That was bad, Ian. Ouch. <laughs> Woo! Oh, Lord. Yeah, not a fan of this one. What do you think, Ralph? Nah, uh, Jesus, what's next? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, uh, well, I, I, the one positive thing I can say about it... Um, damn, I'm drawing a blank here. <laughs> it's terrible. It's... Uh, I remember this shit was on MTV more than any video, I think, from this from this era. They really played this video like, and the video is pretty cool. All right, there, there's somebody, something I could say about it. It did kind of capture the show, you know, all the bombs and Tommy in the air and all that shit. Like, you know, it it, it really did capsulate. Is that a word? Cap. Uh, no, I can't say cap. Capsule, sure. Come on, Sonny, help me here, bro. So, sounds good. I'm not an English lit guy. <laughs> Shit, I'm a bad guy. I don't know. God, man. He don't. He don't even know the songs about lesbians. You think you can pronounce it, man? Man, for the first time ever, I'm not the only dumb guy. <laughs> Usually, I have, I have one guy around to fucking pronounce it for me. Anyway, so um. Yeah, the video's okay. It does capture the, how the show was, but the song is just... I don't know. It just seems so uh, generic and uh, not interesting, but I can totally see the appeal of the late 80s because all the popular quote-unquote like media metal... This is what I would call this. Media metal. Yeah, I just invented a genre. Oh, there you go. This is media metal. This is like... You know, Bon Jovi was media metal, Poison. And this really fits into the, you know, lay your hands on me, some skinny bop type of, uh, you know, forte. Is that a word? Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's it's garbage. And uh, I just, but, you know, you're talking to a guy that despises this type of music. So, I, of course, I'm not going to be kind to something like same old situation. So, but I've always known it was about lesbians because I gotta listen to the lyrics again. I'm pretty sure those lyrics were about two chicks fucking around. I mean, that's what I always got out of it. Yes. All right. So, uh, what's after this? I'll take it. 
Yeah, yeah, I was just going to say, can this album get any worse? Ralph, what do you think of Sticky Sweet? Oh, uh, see, I haven't heard this one in a while. She's so sticky, so sticky, so sticky sweet. Is this the one where the fly, no, that's She Goes Down. Which yeah. is Which is the one with Robin Zander and Rick Nielsen on it? Is that She's Go Down? Yeah, that's She's yeah. Go Down. Yeah, oh yeah my th God. this, this yeah. one has background <clears throat> vocals from Steven Tyler. Jack Blade. Jack Blade, Steven Tyler, and Brian Adams. This one, I remember if uh, it's kind of like um, uh, the second song, Slice of Your Pie, right? It's kind of like the same shit, right? Before it gets all beatle -y. It's a sleazy song. Uh, she's on a stick I'm trying, shit, I should have listened to this album again. I, I remember the chorus. I, now I can't remember the rest of it. But, yeah, I remember I didn't like it. That's all I can say. Now, I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry I didn't listen to this album again. But I'll remember the, next, the rest, because I think the rest are hits, and I do remember she goes down quite well. But, yeah, I mean, maybe if I listen to it again, I'll be like, oh, my God, this is the greatest Motley Crue song ever. Actually, it's the greatest song ever written. Forget Stargazer, but uh, maybe I'll deny myself from, from greatness. What do you think, Sonny, of this one? I think when you listen to it again, you'll think the riff is cool for about a second until you start hearing Vince sing. How did the riff go? Can you, <laughs> it might help me. I don't remember. It wasn't that memorable, but <laughs> oh, it was the okay. best part of the song. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't understand why Brian Adams and Steven Tyler and, the, and Jack Blake, why did they pick this song? I guess they don't get to pick the song. They just come in and do whatever. I don't understand I, I, why you picked this fucking album, Sonny. <laughs> <laughs> I gave Ian a bunch of choices, so he thought this would go over best. Oh, uh, you fuck. <laughs> you motherfucker. Hey, go back to drinking, you. you fucking asshole. Hey, I read you, I read you his list. You agreed. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, remember it was a horrible list. Oh, tell me, can we go through that list? Uh, <laughs> Boy, for me to pick this one, that must have been a terrible list. I gotta start drinking again too. <laughs> this song's bad. I don't. Spoiler alert. I don't think this is the worst song on the CD, but it's 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 bad. I I gotta give the the Charles Barkley terrible. This uh, this song is terrible. That's just terrible. Oh, yeah, no, no, uh, I agree. The worst song's coming up. I remember the worst song yeah. off this one. Yeah, well, well, I mean, you know, spoiler alert, this is just like, you know, 15 worst Motley Crue songs. You, you know, <laughs> you everybody knew who knew Motley Crue knew what the worst song was going to be, just like everybody knows what the worst song is on this album. Yeah. But that's still saying something, man, because there's a lot of fucking songs fighting here for that title. Yeah. But... but but one knocked it out. But yeah, this is this is terrible. And the funny thing is, this is so bad. None of us and and I listened to the album right before we reviewed this shit. And I can't tell you how this goes other than the fucking chorus. Yeah, and, she tells the game. So sick yeah. and sweet. Yeah, but I mean, and that just tells you there. And but it's it, this is a prime example of you know like how can you take Nikki Six seriously when he says like you know recently when he was bashing. 94. Forget yeah, about us. How does Nikki Six take himself seriously? Yeah, right. <laughs> but but he said in that, you know, he was bitching about Karabi's lyrics. He goes, he's just not that great a lyric writer, and I've set a very high standard. 
in, in this band for lyrics. Oh, like like writing shit like Sticky Sweet? Yeah, no that, shit, man. Oh, my God. Oh. You know, I, I, I don't even think Nikki could do this shit. What I think have this whole heroin diary bullshit, I think his dealer would come over, shoot him up, he'd pass out, and then as a prank, his dealer would write all these lyrics. And when Nicky'd wake up, he'd think he did it. Yeah. Also, his dealer would write his diary as well. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. So bad, none of us can remember it. Uh, but I wish I could forget the next song. She Goes Down. Holy shit. You think Sticky Sweet is bad. This is fucking... Oh, man, this this is a drag-out fight. I don't know. I, maybe call it a draw. This is so bad. And what a horrible way to start it out. With a zipper, chick sees your dick and she starts laughing. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> you, you, you know, it would have been a lot better if she would have went, Bull. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you, know, she, like, yeah, you know she didn't do that to fucking Tommy. We all saw Vince's porn, so it might have must have been him. Yeah, yeah, I, w- I would have never put that though. The zipper goes down and the chick starts giggling. Yeah. Like, no oh, that ain't, that, that ain't good. That ain't good. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Yeah. yeah, just a really, I mean, man, talk about filler, but I mean, again, I don't, this. This band, uh, I would say 75 to 80% of their entire catalog, maybe even more than that, I would consider filler. And and this is really, really fucking bad. What do you think if she goes down, Sonny? Oh, in case you didn't know, this song's about a blowjob. <laughs> I knew that, yeah. Oh, okay. My, my <laughs> mind started to wander. I was like, God, how could you take such a great subject matter and make such a bad song? Like, that's just... And then I started thinking stuff like, in the order of events, shouldn't Sick Sticky Sweet be after the song? <laughs> right? Technically, yeah. like nobody caught on to that. Um, I just these kind of songs lead these songs to Coverdale. Like Coverdale writes better innuendo type lyrics that gets his point across. I, 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 I had to flip a coin, and this one lost. It was the worst. This is the worst song. On you the think you think this is the worst song? I had to flip a coin. Okay, okay. Yeah, one. <laughs> <laughs> throw throw that coin away. It's bad luck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god. They got a two-sided coin. Hey, uh yeah. And, and what pisses me off the most about this song, my my favorite singer's on it. And uh he can't even save it. <laughs> I don't and, and, Yeah. And Rick Nielsen, like, what are you doing on well, this? Shit? Rick Nielsen does a line as well, because that it's, it's as I recall, Robin Sanders is the one that goes backstage, pass, she goes down, and then Rick goes, but none of my friends, she goes down, she gives heart attack, she goes, zipper goes down again. Oh my! But that one, when the zipper went down, you didn't hear anything. Cause I think they undid Tommy's fly there. <laughs> Oh my god. You know what would have made this song better? A fucking uh the the horn of a boat with with Tommy just, just fucking honking a horn of with his dick. Uh yeah, this is fucking I don't know which one's worse this but you know, I guess this one's worse than Sticky Street cuz I remember this one. <laughs> At least Sticky Street 
Sticky sweet. I can't even fucking say the goddamn word. Sticky sweet. I can't remember, so at least that one is better, you know? Because I remember this one, so this one sucks more because it's more memorable. This shit's like a fungus. There's, a, there's another song written in, in the key of hepatitis C. I, I think it's punishment for, for not doing your homework. You should have to listen to this album after we're done. <laughs> what, what I think is interesting is if some of these songs were like Steel Panther songs and it would it would come off like a joke, they'd actually be pretty good Steel Panther type songs because, you know, they're making fun. But I think these guys are trying to be somewhat serious. It, no, <laughs> it, I think it would still be a shitty Steel Panther song, but it'd be more understandable. You know, it'd right. be like, yeah, I can see Steel Panther do this, you know, because it's a joke. It's a goof. But not even Steel Panther would write a song like this. I don't know. I just find this fucking inexcusable. And, and, and also, it just shows you the power of the 80s and the, and, the, and the fakeness. You know, and I know, you know, Ian wouldn't agree with this, but I find this whole genre to be so fake and phony. And this is very much a sign of, you know, come on, dude. If I take the court... All right, look, here's what now is considered hair metal or, I don't know, cock rock, hair metal, whatever you want to classify Ian. I know Ian, like, makes them different. You take this to court and say, all right, look, this sold, how many albums did this one sell? Ten million, I think? Six. Six million. This sold six million and play that. And then you say, yeah, everybody was fucking clueless back then. And whoever still likes this, Johnny Vogan, you're fucking retarded. <laughs> yeah, definitely Johnny Vogan. We got, we got it. Look, before we do, we before we air this, let's put it up as a crapper, crapper, classic video. Yeah. You know? Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> like I, I, yeah. No, no. I know he will. I just want to see how he gushes over it. And then when he, then when he'll hear this episode, it'll be like, oh, they they planned that one. <laughs> All right. What's next? All right. The next one is Don't Go Away Mad, Just Go Away. What do you think, Ralph? Great title. <clears throat> that's, all I can, that's the only good thing I can say about this. This is actually Molly Crew trying to be like classic rock. Uh, let's do a classic rock song. Hey, let's try it. Hey, Nikki Six is like, now I'm fucking Paul Rogers and Milk Ralph. M- Mick Ralph. Is that his name? From Bad Company? Yeah. Yeah, now now I'm them, and I'm going to write a song that is going to be a classic rock, and it's going to be on classic rock radio, and goddamn, he was right, because this shit is played on classic rock, you know, because when I drive around in my city truck, I listen to the classic rock station, and this one will come on now and then, and it is so bad, it's just, oh, I just have this weird feeling both of you like this shit, but I just can't stand this song. I can't stand songs like this either, you know, it's just, and, it, and it's just, and the video's stupid, like, oh look, Tommy Lee, I, I got white walls like Jason Newstead, and, um, yeah, it's just bad, and, uh, what else, what else bad I can say about this, uh, no. this song sucks, and I, and I hope it goes away, man, fuck it, I don't care, it's terrible, it's terrible, it's terrible, <laughs> All right. Well, I guess I guess you are what they call clairvoyant because this is my favorite song on the album. I knew it. I, I just had a feeling you'd like this. And I, I 
I love this song so much, I refuse to believe that Nikki Six had anything to do with it. It's I don't think he could write a song so well structured as this. I mean, I mean, it's now it's not my favorite Motley Crue song because I think you know, like when they do like "Shout at the Devil" stuff like that, that's Motley Crue at their best. But I think this could be the best song that Nikki's ever written, song writing writing wise. I mean, I, this really shocks me that that they were capable of do something this good. Well, it doesn't I, shock I, me you like it without you. <laughs> Come on, dude, really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know. Okay, I know. I, know. I, see it. I saw it coming. But uh, yeah, no, I, I I absolutely love this one, and I love the video. I think it's it's one of the better Motley Crue videos. I oh. mean, aside from the shout videos. Really? Yeah, I, I think it's cool seeing, uh, you know, Vince just ah fuck this bitch and wants to go party with the guys and shit. And I love it. What do you think, Sonny? I want to hate this song, but I can't. Yeah, you, <laughs> There's I something it. about this song. It just won't let me hate it. I don't know why. And I am so burned out on this song, too. But after I was listening, I listened to the album a few days ago and then listened to it again. And I'm at work, and I'm humming this thing. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm humming. Don't go away, man. I can't believe this. So I, <laughs> I just... When, when you were humming, was there a cock in your mouth? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought the video, it was fine. I'm like, the, this whole video is about Vince was late to practice. Like, I don't, I, I didn't quite get the video, I guess, maybe. But, um, yeah, I want to hate the song, but I, I actually think the song's okay. They were all late for their fucking menstrual cycle, too. That video. <laughs> Ouch. No Ouch. chicks in the video, right? I can't, I don't recall. There was any uh, in the video. I, I think, so. don't you see the chick leaving, leaving Vince's bed? Yeah, I think that just for a second, yeah. No, I'm sorry. I was too busy, like, turning my head from the TV because of the song. I don't think I remember. (laughs) This fucking movie. Oh, God, forget it. All right, what's next? (laughs) All right, Ralph, why don't you take the closer? Time for a change. (laughs) All right, just when you thought this album couldn't get worse. I mean, it is a concept album of Suck. And here is the fucking grand finale of Suckatoon. It's like, hey, 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 uh, hey, Tommy, check it out. I got this song. It's going to save the world. <laughs> yeah, we're going to feed the world all, all the way over because it's time for change. But I really think the story about this song is it's time to change your maxi pads. This fucking song is terrible in every fucking way conceivable. It's, uh, all right, we, we already, like before the album came out, we already, like, we're, we're going to change the world to... We're gonna change the game with power ballads with without you, but now I'm even gonna go even a little deeper into the power ballad, and I'm gonna do something to to do something that John Lennon couldn't do. Me, Nikki Six. This is our all we are saying. Give peace a chance. Combined with we are world, we are the world. Combined with Stairway to Heaven. Combined it with the the greatest song in the world that wasn't written yet by the Canadian dude. Um, and it came out as like, you know, um, Brandon material, man. You know, it's pretty bad when Brandon's even worse than this. But yeah, it is Nikki Six's Brandon. How, how's that? <laughs> you know, when, 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 uh, Nikki wrote this, Tommy was like, man, I gotta match that. And he wrote Brandon. 
That's what I think of that one. And yes, I don't. I didn't listen to his album. I haven't heard this song in years. But boy, does this does this stay on me like a fungus. This is on me like fucking hepatitis C's on Tommy. Ouch. Uh, what do you think, Sonny? Ralph hasn't heard this song in years. It hasn't gotten any better. Yeah, this no, was I... heads when I flipped the coin. Uh, <laughs> the only part of the song I actually like is Mick's solo, but then Vince keeps talking over it, and I'm just like, shut up. Just let, let him do the solo. Thank God he didn't talk on the outro part of the solo. I was like, tell me the vocal is at least over. Um, it's just, oh. this song's just really, really bad. I don't know why it ended the album. I mean, there's no way Bob Rock thought this was a great song. Why they end the album with this? Like, I don't understand. Like, why not have Dr. Feelgood at the beginning end with Kickstart? Maybe he was worried people give up by then? I don't know. It should have been a hidden track, so hidden it was left off the fucking yeah. record. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Th- this song, I honestly, and, you know, we've talked about this. There is a lot of shitty Motley Crue songs. I can't believe Vince even sang this. I really can't. I, I really, you know that he didn't put his foot down and say, uh-uh, nope, no, not not going to do that, or or Mick for that matter. I can totally see Nikki and Tommy signing off on this shit. Yeah. But the other two, I really can't believe they're like, oh, yeah, I can work with that. Oh, my God. So, so fucking bad. And I wish I could remember what order my list was, because I don't know if this came in at two or three. It, I know it had to be in my top three for, for worst Motley Crue songs. I mean, this is... And, and this is one even when I first got the album. And, you know, I you know the, the hate grew over time. Especially as I grew out of a lot of the, you know, the hair metal and, and stuff. You know, and this is, this is definitely where I'd say, you know, they're jumping the ship from fucking cock rock to hair metal. Because it's like they're not even trying here. But... You know, even the, the first listen when, when when I would forgive so much shit and you just liked any song that talked about sex, you know, because you're a horny fucking 14-year-old. I knew Time for a Change was one of the worst pieces of shit I ever fucking heard. And I'm, I'll never forget when they announced they were doing Crew Fest in 2009 and they're like, yeah, the 20th anniversary of Dr. Feelgood and we're going to play it in its entirety. And I was like, holy shit, they're going to play Time for a Change? (laughs) I'm like, no! No, how can they do that in front of people? You know, and then to see, like, I didn't realize the set list from the tour until you asked me to look for it, and, you know, I looked it up on here. And to know that they've already done this in the past, I can't believe that. I mean, seriously. And, And when they did... When they did this on the uh, Crew Fest tour, I didn't see that one, so I don't know if, like, they started with, you know, Dr. Feelgood, or they did, like, you know, random hits and then did the album. But, man, I, I'm just curious how many people would be left in their seats by the end of this fucking song. You know, like, everybody would just fucking leave, because, oh, my God. I Now, this is one. This is one I don't even think Johnny Bogan could like. Well, I don't know. That's, another, might, that's, might... that's another experiment we should do. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Let's do you're Sticky right. Sweet one day, and the next, well, what, what was the song? Sticky Sweet, right? Where she goes down yeah. to the water. Yeah, yeah, same song. Let's do lyrics. all three. Let's do all three. Like, <laughs> a, tri- a trifecta, like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. 
We'll start. With, we'll, we'll start. We'll start light with sticky sweet. We'll hit them hard with a. Uh, with fucking. She goes down, and then we'll just start to massacre we just, them. I'm change. We should just put up the whole album and see see who fucking likes. Oh my god! And I, I put. You know, I was put my pictures of the day too, and I put an old ad for this album. And uh, man, so many people were like, "Oh yeah." What, what a half-baked album and all this shit. <laughs> you know, Bogan. Oh, that's classic. That's good <laughs> shit there. Yum, yum, eat them up. That's a tasty morsel. Oh, my God, man. What's he always say? When the, when the chips are down, I always count on Motley. Yeah, to let you down. Oh, oh man. <laughs> Somebody should call the authorities on him. He's got kids. Yeah, yeah. What, what's in those fucking juice boxes, man? Fucking angel dust? I hope, I hope the wife is taking care of more uh, the kids more because I mean they they all put, have potential to be fucking Bruce Jenner, you know. Oh man! Ouch! Good lord! Well, Good lord. hopefully they're girls, then they're okay. <coughs> Ouch! Got. Uh, I, I I swear, Kendall Jenner giving fucking uh, Motley Crue a Pepsi wouldn't fix this fucking song. <laughs> oh my god! What? Well, yeah, what a horrible way to end the album. That's just, that's just terrible. Yep, terrible indeed. <laughs> this album that was released on September 1st, 1989, uh, blew the fuck up. And, uh, Number one. I mean, they were probably, I would say, almost neck and neck with Guns N' Roses. No, no, I would disagree with you. Yeah? Guns N' Roses was, they were way bigger. Guns N' Roses was playing stadiums, remember that. During the illusions time, you know? yeah, but, but I mean that's that you got you got to fast forward though. Use your illusions came out in '91. Yeah, but I, dude, use your illusions when it first came out. You know, the people were in lines at time. You see the news reports. Nobody right, was right, in line for right, Doctor But I'm saying at the time of this record, that that they were neck and neck. I mean, by the time illusions came out, Guns had eclipsed them. But I, I mean, I'm saying, I mean. It, w- it was huge. I mean, six million for this. Their their biggest selling out, and it just goes to show you, like, how can Shout at the Devil not be their biggest album? But I, I mean, if you look at people's tastes, you, you know, the, the general public, Fair Warning is the one of the worst selling Van Halen albums. Yeah, it's the, it's the lowest out of the original six. You know, how can that? You know, I mean. You can't trust fucking the, the record buying public. Holy shit. Yeah, exactly. That's why I had a lot of problems with these bands in the late 80s. I just found it so fake. And, and that's why I turned to like thrash metal and you know, even like yeah. Guns N' Roses. I mean, as much as Appetite is so burnt out now, back then it was a breath of fresh air. A lot of people want to rewrite history saying, oh, Guns N' Roses came out with Appetite's destruction and just you know, change the game. It's like, no, Dr. Feelgood came out after that and sold six million. So it didn't really yeah. change much. It just, you know, it woke a lot of people up, but it didn't change shit. Kurt yeah, Cobain yeah, I mean, was the one, you know, and right. MTV and all that. I'm, and again, I, I said it a million times, I'll say it again. It wasn't Kurt Cobain that killed hair metal. It was time for change that killed it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and I think another thing, I would say one of the biggest impacts Guns had on the scene, too, was the image. Uh, you know, because bands really kind of started going away yeah. from dressing all 
you know, with, with the glitter and everything because they came out huge dressed like men. And then you saw other bands like, oh, maybe we should uh, step oh, yeah. away and, and not that. And, and, you know, and Motley Crue did that, too. Remember, Motley Crue always had a different look for every album. They, I mean, going from, uh, going from the, look what they did from Shout to Theater, and then from Theater to Girls, 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 now all of a sudden they're bikers, yeah. you know? And then it was another look for this one. But, yeah, that really, it, it changed the, the style, like, you know, the... the Guns N' Roses took it back like you're supposed to look like the Stones now. You're supposed to look dirty. You're not supposed to look pretty. You know, but but nobody told Warren. They all showed up in white leather suits. But uh, another thing why I think these albums are so huge is because of the the obligatory ballads that sucked in the girl fans that would buy, the you know, they would buy it because of the ballad and because of the hit, but then you wouldn't see them for the next album. You know, because the chicks are very fickle. When you got when you got dude fans, they'll stick with you. But if you're chasing the girls, uh, you know you're like the crush of the moment. And then somebody else will write, you know, another bad song. And then they're on to them, and they'll forget you. Yeah. But oh yeah, no, and it's still that way today. Actually, I'm talking about right. American girls because uh, South American girls don't do shit like that, and European girls. It's America. It's just America. In general, I mean, because uh, we discussed this uh, on an earlier episode, you know, you, I, and Sonny, we are all the minority. You know, we can bitch all we want about this band and that band and how it's false and it's not how it used to be, but they're still filling arenas and stadiums and and uh, it's always going to be that way. It's been that way even back then, because when Judas Priest was filling up arenas, it was the, it was the thing to do, you know. Then when you know, okay, now it's pretty much it it's, it was MTV, you know. MTV is what killed everything. It put it put everything up in a pedestal, and then it just knocked it off the pedestal. Yeah. When it felt like okay, now let's you know let's do this. But boy, MTV thrived. Look, look at it this way: <clears throat> the golden age of MTV was hair metal. It wasn't grunge. Grunge already, you had your Beavis and Buttheads and, and your little talk shows, Love Line and all that. It was already creeping in. Back in the hair metal days, you only had, like, what, remote control? That's it. Right. You know? But everything else was music-based. Everything. Yeah. And, but and, they also did They also did make it more uh, a visual where bands, you know, you, you just had to be, you know, pretty and have a good video and, and, and you would sell, you know, you, oh, yeah. The music didn't even have to be good, but you had to be a good-looking band. You know, Bachman Turner Overdrive never would have made it in the '80s. You yeah. know, but if you even look at like the early, early Judas Priest and stuff, you know, when they were still packing people in arenas, they didn't they didn't have that look. People were going because of the music. Yeah. But man, by, by the mid to late '80s, you had to have a pretty motherfucker in that band. Yep. You know, and that's why. Um... They got all a little glammy looking and shit uh, during Turbo and all that. You know, a lot of bands oh, yeah. followed suit. You had Ozzy and Glitter. Well, that's our review of Motley Crue. Yeah, there <laughs> you go. good. But uh, uh, we definitely want to thank you, Sonny. And, and uh, you know, you did have you did have an interesting list, but I, I I did think, and even Ralph, even though he probably don't remember, thought this was a good pick because we could have fun with it. Because I know a lot of people. You know, just like there were six million schmucks like us who bought this album, 
you know, there's going to be a lot of people that check out this episode. Because it's, it's a lot of, it's, it's definitely one people either love it or, or hate it, you know. So. Yeah, or, you definitely uh, can't play this album on shuffle. Like, this, there's some songs you got to skip, but. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, yeah, Sonny, like all... Sonny's in the middle. You either love it or you hate it, or you like Sonny. You like some of it or you hate some of it. Uh, come on, yeah. dude. Let's be honest. Anybody that loves this is a total sheep. I'm sorry. Sorry, Vogan. But it's like, no, whatever they do, I love. You know, it's like it's yeah. like that, that, that meme somebody made not too long ago. If you have to, uh, only a real KISS fan supports every lineup. You know, that, people like that, it's like, hey, man, that Read My Body's a great tune. Turn up, turn up partners in crime, man. That's rock. Well, I like Partners of Crime. Well, there you go. I do, too. Uh, <laughs> I like all four of those songs on that album. Yeah, yeah I love and, Killers. Yeah, and you guys both like I, I Want to Be Your Man. I, is there a hint? Partners in Crime <laughs> and I Want to Be a Man. I see a connection here. <laughs> but, but hey, I, I'm hanging out with Sonny because he didn't know that song was about lesbians and what we're going to do, he won't know it's gay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, he'll, he'll know it's gay. 20 years from now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll figure it I out. Can't wait, I can't wait to hang out with Sonny in the Castro. We're going to have fun. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> oh, but, uh, but yeah, Sonny, we definitely want to thank you, and uh, we'd love to have you back sometime, and, and hope uh, hope you get to see Ralph uh, playing Sacramento, and I hope I get to hook up with you uh, when I'm in the Bay Area. No, guys, I appreciate it. I mean, I, I, I love you guys because I, I think you guys do a great job of just telling it like it is and you're not worried too much about the haters and all those guys that are out there. And uh, usually I'm the ass of the group that I hang out with. With you guys, I might feel like the angel. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> and and, and Ian, with you guys might be pretty cool. Ian, Ian, <laughs> you heard what he said. He said he loves us. So can I come to that little genus, that little, uh, little fucking – can it be a threesome, well, bro? Can we can we do the human centipede? <laughs> You're gonna see him first in August, so try him out for me. Let right. me know how it is. Yeah, well, yeah. Actually, it'll be better if I see you first, um, Sonny, because uh, Ian's not like me. I like to go and dry. <laughs> Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. All right, so now it's time for. Pick of the week, and I have none, so I got to look around. So go ahead, guys. All right, Sonny, I know you're prepared. Oh yeah. So uh, I'm gonna pick another album that sold six million copies, and uh, I haven't heard it in a while. So I, I threw it into the um, into my iPhone the other day. Scorpions love it first thing. I wore this cassette tape out when I was a kid. I I had it down to where you know how the cassette tapes. The players had the auto reverse and the same thrill would end and I'd be listening to it in an English class and I would like pretend to cough just as the tape switched. Like this is one of my favorite albums all time and I'm so worried that my kids and grandkids won't have great rock music to listen to that uh, I would tell your listeners, your dad or you bought this album, go pull it out and listen to it again because uh, you don't know how great it is. It's not just Rock You Like a Hurricane. It has some awesome songs. So Love It First Thing Scorpions is my pick of the week. My The, uh, la- the last one I liked from the Scorpions was that album. After that, it's been downhill for me. But yeah, that was the last hurrah for me. 
That should have been their farewell album right there. <laughs> I'm so gay, I like Savage Amusement. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, we've been through that one before. The Rhythm of Love! I love that shit. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, you love, you love Without You, so what can I say? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's that. All right. I still, I'm looking through my iTunes now, Ian, to find something. So go ahead. All right. Uh, my pick is another uh, cock rock album that came out in 1989 that I absolutely love. I know I'm in the minority here, but I love every song on the album, and I think the guys were totally underrated. Uh, well, I shouldn't say that because they put out a second album that kind of not only killed their career, but uh, I mean showed like maybe they were a one trick pony. But uh, Dangerous Toys, I just, I love that first album. I love every song. You know, most people, if they even remember Dangerous Toys, they just I remember, uh, you know, they remember Scared or uh, Teasing and Pleasing. But I, I actually love the whole thing. And uh, you know, the, the singer Jason McMaster, he left a thrash metal band uh, to join them. And uh, uh, I believe the name of the band was Watchtower. Uh, Watchtower was, I think, a little more prog. No, no, I'm thinking of another band, probably. Yeah, because I, I believe he, he took a lot of shit because they, they had a good, a real good following in Texas, where they're from. And, man, a lot of the, the thrash people just turned on him like, man, how could you leave Watchtower to do this shit? Well, he, he wanted to make a paycheck. Uh, you know, and now he goes back and forth. He still does Watchtower reunions, and Dangerous Toys does a does a yearly reunion. Uh, you know, and there's there's some stuff I like on their other albums, but the first, the self titled debut, uh, man, I just never stop playing that. Whatever iPod or my phone or whatever little gadget I have that has music on it, I always have that album, and I I, I just man I. I never ever get sick of it but i know i'm in the minority there i don't know what you guys think but i love dangerous toys that's my pick of the week i remember no i didn't like it i remember seeing uh teasing and pleasing and thinking oh look another something like that the dude was doing a whole axle thing that they would they would have never been signed if it weren't for guns and roses oh yeah and even uh lemmy uh kind of made fun of them because they did the operation rock and roll tour that was uh, Motorhead. Alice Cooper was headlining it. Uh, Dangerous Toys was on there and somebody else. And, and Lemmy said, oh, look, they signed him because he's got red hair and sings like Axl Rose. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, so, there you go. So, yeah, yeah. So he I, called it like, oh, they got signed just because of that. But uh, but I always dug him. What do you think, I, son? I like that album. I like the album after that too, Hellacious Acres. I like both yeah. albums. So yeah, that, my favorite that, Dangerous Toy song is Supporting the Woody. Supporting the Woody, I love that shit. Take yeah. Me Drunk, oh, feels like a hammer. I mean, that whole first album. Uh, awesome. I love Hellacious Acres. I, it's just one of those like I remember I listened to it when it first came out. I was like, eh, it doesn't grab me like the other one, and I just kind of like never went back to it. But I put it on you know my ipod and shit you know and i like some songs but man it's not like the first one to me is solid holds up feels but, like uh, feels like a hammer huh yeah oh that that's <laughs> that now that's a power ballad with balls yeah <laughs> I, I can tell balls slapping on your ass it feels like a hammer <laughs> like a ball peen hammer yeah oh, all right man. all right let's wash away the gayness with my with, with my uh pick of the week 
Uh, it's a brand new, well, no, not a brand new band, but they, they've been around for, I don't know, not, less than 10 years, I think. Uh, they're called Power Trip. And uh, they're new, uh, it's not their new album. I think this one came out like three years ago. It's called Manifest Decimation. And uh, boy, if you like the heavy thrash stuff, these guys are fucking awesome. I, I figured I'd have to throw in something with balls in this episode. And uh, that's my pick of the week. Uh, check out Power Trip. They're a killer new band, man. They, they, they floor me, actually. They're uh, probably my favorite new band along with uh, Night Demon. All right. Well, I'll definitely check that out, man, because you really did a favor turning me on to Night Demon, man. All right, well now it's time to go into Fan of the Week, and the Fan of the Week is already right here with us. Sonny Cooney, you are our Fan of the Week. We thank you so much, uh, you know, for for not only your your very generous donation to the Rockin' Pod Expo, but, uh, you know, I'm starting to see you more and more on the page, man, and I really like seeing your comments and seeing you become part of it, because it is a really fucked up bunch of guys and three chicks but <laughs> we, we really appreciate you coming on there, man, adding, adding your two cents here and there, man, and uh, that's what it's all part of. And we, we thank you for, uh, for listening, man, and just, you know, hey, help spread the word. Tell anybody you know about the Rock and Metal Combat podcast, man. We appreciate you. No, we'll do. You guys got a cool little community going. Yeah, everybody's a little nuts. Um, but, yeah, that's uh, an understatement. <laughs> I fit in pretty well, so, no, I appreciate it. All right, man. All right, well, let's get into the plugs. Listen to The Rock Show with Gully and Joe. Go to all the W's, Gully, G-U-L-L-Y-A-N-D-J-O-A dot U-K, 8 p.m. U-K time, 3 p.m. Eastern. The Rock Show with Gully and Joe. Listen to it. Don't be a cunt. You haven't listened to Mars Attacks podcast? What are you waiting for, man? Host Victor M. Ruiz brings you all types of hard rock and metal-based podcasts. You'll find everything from music-based episodes, interviews, to series such as ultra-sexy classic album series, where some of your favorite musicians, producers, journalists, and show hosts comments on the albums that push the evolutionary chains of hard rock and metal. Get with it and go to MarsAttacksRadio.com to find out more. Ear Pillar, the podcasting and interview news site. To keep up with your favorite bands or artists and the podcasts or interviews where they appear. Go to earpeeler.com to find out what we're all about. Hey everybody, I'm Aaron. And I'm Chris. And we're from the Decibel Geek Podcast. And if you love this... Then you'll love us. That's right. Brand new episode every single Monday. You can find us on iTunes and at decibelgeek.com. And the best thing is, it's rock and roll and it's always free. All right, Kiss Army. Since 2007, you've been getting podcast. The Kiss Audio fanzine for your ears. That's right, it's your podcast. Every month, the podcast crew, along with the Kiss Room, brings you Kiss Talk like no one else, whether it be roundtables, interviews with the band past and present, analysis, and great Kiss fun. Hi, this is Ace Frehley, and you're listening to Podkiss. Hi, this is Bruce Kulik, and you're listening to Podkiss. The Podkiss, the Kiss audio fanzine for your ears.
Music's most diverse podcast, starring Luke Innes, Greg Sim Bootlegs, and Mr. T from Germany. New episodes released every Saturday on Podbean, Podcast Addict, and iTunes. The True Alternative Podcast. Have you developed paralysis from trying to choose a movie on Netflix? Of course you have. There's too much garbage on Netflix to sift through. So join us on our podcast, We Watched It For You. We watch a bad movie every week and try to determine its watchability. We Watched It For You is for bad movie fans, B-movie fans, underground film fans, and cult movie fanatics alike. Don't miss an episode of We Watched It For You, a guide to the lesser-known movies of Netflix, available on iTunes or wherever you download your podcast. All right. Well, if you enjoyed that episode, well, there's a good chance you enjoyed the episode, but not the album. Well, maybe Johnny Bogan enjoyed it. But come back next week when we have another You Pay For It, You Got It episode. What's it going to be? I don't know, man. All these... All these fan-picked episodes have been all over the place, man. Maybe we'll get a good one next week. Who knows? But tune in and find out next week on the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Feels like a hammer, right?